This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. The fallout from the EWTN interview with Cardinal Gerhard Mueller continues. That interview sent shockwaves through the church and the hierarchy, with the hierarchy scrambling to accuse the American cable news network of fomenting schism. The hierarchy noticeably did not mention Cardinal Mueller, though their auxiliaries in the English language, lay press, and social media world certainly did. We can only guess what kind of pressure Cardinal Mueller is getting from behind the scenes, so keep him in your prayers. But we need more public stands like this from the better bishops. Yet aside, yet aside from Bishop Athanasius Schneider, there has been no public statements from the better bishops telling the Catholic world that the synod is not merely a disaster for the church, but that it represents something far more sinister. For that crime, Cardinal Mueller and EWTN are catching a lot of heat for standing up for the faith. Let's take a closer look at the story. Now, I want to provide you some context for the things Cardinal Mueller says in this interview with Dr. Mike Hickson. This image comes from a community of Trappist monks in Kentucky in the United States. Here, they're hanging out with Buddhist monks, declaring them to be highly wise and praising them as being the continuation of some figure important in their creed. That's heresy, but it's not that surprising. Catholic groups today are allowed to praise anyone outside the church, but have to be careful praising Catholic figures who would have denounced what you're seeing there on your screen as being an error, as a betrayal of the faith. Imagine modern Catholic groups praising St. John Chrysostom, which the movers and shakers in the world hate beyond reason. You should go look up some of his essays sometime. There's a reason he, I have very few of them on my channel. And they hate him among many of the other great saints and doctors of the church. But the Synod on Synodality has invited groups like this into the church while actively not allowing traditionally minded Catholics to participate in the Synod on Synodality. With the outcome obviously predetermined, the Synod on Synodality is untrustworthy for serious Catholics who have the faith, which is why the only ones championing the Synod are modernists, who believe that Francis is doing divine work changing the church. So this interview was published on the website cath.net, a German-language Catholic news outlet, which publishes a lot of Cardinal Mueller's addresses and homilies, many of which I've featured here in recent months. Dr. Hickson asks Cardinal Mueller about synod officials blatantly saying that they're willing to sacrifice doctrine for a more inclusive church, which raises red flags for anyone who, you know, actually has the faith and wants the Catholic faith taught by the Catholic church. What a horrible thing we want. Cardinal Mueller's answer to Dr. Hickson's question, quote, it was never the purpose of synods and councils to put together a new church according to people's catalog of wishes. Its real but limited task is to present the revelation of God, which has come once and for all in Christ as salvation and truth for people in its fullness, and to protect it from heretical falsifications. When the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Word who became flesh and brought to us all grace and truth, declares against the pragmatism of the Pharisees that God created man male and female, and that, therefore, the nuptial sacrament was made in God and is essentially indissoluble, how can a bishop know better than the, than the divine teacher? If God exchanged the women and men who, quote, exchanged the natural intercourse for the unnatural intercourse, handing them over to dishonoring passions, 
as proof of man's fallibility in Adam's sin to the idols of the world, how then can a follower of the apostles suspect an affirmative experience of God in James Martin practices? In the Old Testament, the rainbow is a sign in the sky that God commemorates the everlasting covenant between him and all living beings on earth. See Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 to 16. And especially with the people he created in his image, and those as man, men and wife are fruitful and in the succession of generations inhabit the earth as their home. See Genesis chapter 9, verse 6. With the with the icon that co-ops this flag, the James Martin ideologues demonstrate their opposition to God's benevolent and wise creative will and celebrate their godlessness with the dance of death on the volcano. The doctrine of the apostles, see Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And thus the creed of the church is not a dull theory about God and the world that one would have to brighten up and color in with subjective experiences with God. It is the same God who has fully communicated himself to us in Christ and who speaks to us in the word of proclamation. And it is the one and the same God who gives us his grace in the sacraments and who also poured out the Holy Spirit into our hearts, in which we say to God the Father through Christ, it is completely uncatholic to play off the objective revelation of God against so called personal experiences of God. Either one denies the uniqueness of God's revelation in Christ, or one is a victim of subjective reflections of religious feeling, which one arbitrarily declares to be the effects of God. End quote. Cardinal Mueller is putting the St. Gallen group on notice here. That kind of complicated thought he had is represents an attack based on the on modernism and Pashendi on the St. Gallen group and the Lavender group. He's putting them on notice. They are the ones trying to subvert and destroy the Catholic Church from within, trying to impose a gross version of modernism. They seek to replace the gospel with feelings-based gospel that is uncatholic and embraces the most grotesque sins, sins that the world is at this moment trying to make normal and acceptable. It is the false gospel of the world, and anyone who opposes that false gospel of the world is ostracized. That is what we're facing in the church now in our time. This synod has been pushing regular Catholics to the margins, many of whom have simply stopped trying to participate. As proof of this, this image was shared on by Barate Celi on Twitter. And here you see the closing ceremonies for the diocesan phase in Spain. Notice how there's pretty much no one there. The synod on synodality is not about serving Catholics. It's about putting the church at the service of the world of serving up the Catholic Church to the world. Cardinal Mueller's recent statement on EWTN, but the hostile taker of the church that the Synod on Synodality obviously represents, were the next subject in that interview. That statement on EWTN had Vatican officials declaring EWTN to be fomenting schism in the church. Dr. Hickson brings the statement up again here and asks him to go deeper. Cardinal Mueller doesn't disappoint. Remember, the various synods across the Western world have had similar results everywhere, with the sin that James Martin has shown an unhealthy interest in being the focus of the synods with a demand that the church regularize these sins. Cardinal Mueller reminds us that what we're seeing stands in opposition to the gospel of Christ the King. Quote, the James Martin agenda or ideology is diametrically opposed to Christian anthropology. The uh, human physical morality is a created reality and must not be idolized, but serves the plan of creation. 
including the nuptial sacrament as a natural reality. And God's supernatural salvific will with sacramental marriage as a sign and tool of salvation in Christ. Anyone who uses the external institutions of the church to set up an idol in it, who replaces the cross as a sign of salvation with that icon of the James Martin movement of the, pay, of the pagan new religion is reminiscent of the law-breaking man who sits in the temple of God and poses as God. See 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. The disciples have closed themselves to the love of the truth through which they are to be saved. They do not help people with temporary or long-term difficulties in their physical and fleshly desires with the truth and love. They only use and corrupt them as instruments of their anti-Christian propaganda. A Catholic priest must never forget that it is not his, not his irrelevant salvation, private opinions and inner feelings that he has to present to the people. But the only salvific teaching of Christ, which the exalted Lord has commanded his apostles to proclaim to all mankind, end quote. In other words, a priest is supposed to teach the gospel. That's what they're supposed to do. The work of the synod, this diabolical de facto Third Vatican Council, has resulted in many Catholics saying that they will leave the faith if this gets any worse, leaving for heretical schismatic groups in the East. Yet we must remember that heretics infiltrating the church and ascending to the high, very highest offices in the Catholic Church do not undermine the claims of the church as being the sole church of Christ. Christ is king. He promised that his church would last until the end of time. But he did not promise that the church would be free from its own Judases in the highest offices, that the demonic would not find its way into the church, nor that they wouldn't wreak havoc on behalf of their infernal Lord upon the church. Cardinal Mueller reminds us that we can and must resist heretic bishops, that we as Catholics have a duty to resist heretics in the church. This statement puts on notice those Catholics who defend everything the Vatican does, no matter how heretical. Quote, Certainly Christ, the son of the living God, promised his church indestructibility. However, he has not given us any guarantee that popes, bishops, and lay people can never do her great harm. The bishops who were at odds with each other in heresies and schisms are largely responsible for the disappearance of the flourishing Catholic Christianity in North Africa. The fact that the church in Germany and all of Northern Europe was lost to Protestantism is largely due to the negligence of the bishops and the Roman Curia which was entangled in secular power politics and the theologically underexposed Renaissance popes. Today, we have the phenomenon worldwide that too many bishops remain silent about heresies and about moral and social injustice, either for fear of public hostilities or for fear of their careers, which they see endangered if they act as troublemakers or rigorists are denounced. Above all, we must overcome fear because Christ encourages us to bear witness to the truth even before kings and governors. See the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verse 12. Blessed are you when you are reviled and persecuted and all evil things spoken against you for my sake. Rejoice and cheer, for your reward will be great in heaven. So the prophets were persecuted before you. See Matthew, chapter 5, verse 11. So I don't know where Jesus promised his disciples a quiet middle-class life with the enjoyment of worldly honors and a fat sinecure. The bishop must hold to the reliable word of doctrine, that he may be able to teach sound doctrine and convict those who oppose it. See the letter to Titus chapter 1 verse 9. In the digital age, the Catholic voices and initiatives should also be better networked 
and above all, it is important to distinguish between what is essential and what is useful, and not to use up limited energies in a dispute over trivial matters, end quote. And that is why I'm willing to give the better bishops time, because they have made many theological errors themselves, but he's not wrong there. Cardinal Mueller says what many of us are saying. Far too many of the bishops are cowards, keeping silent in the face of the synod. How many of the bishops can you name that should have said something by now? And they haven't. I can name several, including some American bishops who you'd think would have taken a public stand. I'm looking at you, Archbishop Sample of Portland. Where are you on the synod and how it's unfolding? What do you think about the demand that the church reject the morality of the faith in favor of the morality of the world that's coming out of every single synodal session? I'd like to know where Archbishop Sample stands on this, but he's been quiet. Before moving to central Oklahoma, I lived in Portland, Oregon, and Sample was my bishop. And I held him in high regard at that time, and I still hold him in high regard. But his silence is deafening. It really is. I'm curious what the rest of you think about Cardinal Mueller's statements here and the silence from all too many bishops who should be speaking out, but haven't. What other bishops should have spoken out, but haven't? We're not surprised when the Tobins don't speak out. What about the rest of them? Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot as well. And remember, we are here in the month. We are approaching quickly the feasts of all saints and all hallows. So be ready to take advantage of the indulgences for praying for the repose of those holy souls in purgatory. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.